A special thanks to AMSA partner Walters Kluwer for supporting AMSA AdLib. To find out how you can save big on products through Walters Kluwer and their discounts on Lippincott resources, visit amsa.org WK. It might be your final say in your career path. This week, rank order lists of the main residency match were due. Welcome to AMSA AdLib. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Many fourth-year students will have already completed their rank order lists and submitted them well in advance after weeks on the interview trail. But for those who still have the interview trail ahead of them next year, as well as the occasional undecided fourth year, our own Dr. Allison Case is matching this year after spending a year working as a fellow with the AMSA National Office. She spoke with me about the strategy she used on her rank list. I'm Dr. Allison Case. I'm the Education and Advocacy Fellow with AMSA. I am a recent graduate from Michigan State University College of Human Medicine uh, in Lansing, Michigan, and um, I'm applying this year for family medicine residency. So, Allison, what factors were you considering when you were compiling your rank list for programs? This is very stereotypical of a response to say, but I think the number one thing really is the feel of a program. People always told me this before I interviewed, and I was like, oh, that's so silly. Like, why would I, how, what do you mean feel? Like, what does that mean? But I think in the end, that was the most important thing, was after you go to all these programs, you talk with the residents, you talk with the uh, attendings, you kind of walk around the hospital, go to the dinners. In the end, many of the programs are very similar, right? They have, they all are under the same requirements as far as like actual clinical like milestones you have to hit. So a lot of the programs will be very similar, but in the end what I looked for was how how did I feel like I fit with the residents I met? Was there like a nice a nice feeling to me being there? And um, that really is in the end was probably the biggest factor in ranking programs for me. And how did you figure out that feel? Is it when you were interacting with the other residents or kind of experiencing the culture of the program? I think that for me, so family medicine is pretty broad, right? So I think uh, from the very start, I had kind of self-selected programs that had things that I was particularly interested in. So within family medicine, some programs have more obstetrics than others. Like there's a very small minimum requirement of deliveries you have to have for family medicine, but I really like OB. So I was looking for programs that went above and beyond those and had a lot of women's health, a lot of obstetrics, even programs that had surgical OB. So I guess I already, and I'm sure this is the same for other specialties to some extent too, but I think you kind of self-select in the beginning for you're already going to have programs that are kind of fit to your interest. So that would be one way, I guess, that you kind of find that fit is like, you're more likely to find it when you've already chosen programs that are, uh, whose priorities are aligned with your own. I was also looking for programs that had a focus on community medicine, like within family, and kind of a mission of social justice, like, it's probably evident by my position this year, that's something that (laughs) I think is really important. And um, keeping advocacy as part of my practice and training is important to me. It's more difficult to find than you would think. Uh, like, it's not like there's some database somewhere that says, like, these programs are actually involved in, like, social justice and advocacy, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because almost all of the programs have some kind of mission that involves social justice and, like, vaguely public healthy sorts of things. But it's kind of hard to narrow that down to programs that, in practice, actually are going to give you some experience and incorporate that into your training. 
I tried through mostly like word of mouth and a little bit of my own work just looking on web pages and things to find programs that had that. And then from there, the fit, I think you get the feeling from the dinners, you know, you're hanging around with the residents. Like, do you just feel comfortable, I guess, sitting around and talking with them? I mean, these are people you're going to spend at least 80 hours. Well, hopefully not more than 80 hours. You're not supposed to spend more than 80 (laughs) hours a week uh, working with. That's a lot of time. You know, I think you end up seeing these people more than your family. So you want to make sure that you feel pretty good being around them. So you mentioned that one of the ways that you had looked at programs beforehand, once you narrowed down your interests and kind of knew what you were looking for, was by word of mouth and research. What kind of research were you on the program's websites? Were there other sources that you were going to? And by word of mouth, do you mean you were talking to people in the program? You were talking to fellow students who were looking at the programs? How was the best way to do the research when you were looking at programs? Totally a mixture of things, I think. So um, I think that word of mouth, I spoke with you know other students in my class who were also applying. I had the benefit of having had many of my friends go through the match process last year. Uh, so I had uh, them to turn to, which was nice. And I think every once in a while, I would hear from people on the interview trail itself. Like I think I did have a couple, at least one program that I applied to only after hearing about it from another applicant. I think that's a little unusual because by the time you're on the interview trail, it's a little too late to apply a lot of the times and still expect to get an interview. But I think those ways and then through like mentors that I had and other um, like attendings who were were family doctors themselves, hearing from them about other programs that they would recommend on the research side. Websites are somewhat helpful, totally depends. Uh, like some are more updated than others and some have more information than others. Um, yeah. The academic programs, they have a lot of resources. They're connected to the university usually, so it's usually somewhat easier to find information. I'd say the other thing for me looking for stuff, I was looking specifically for programs that were aligned with federally qualified health centers or community health centers. And I used that a little bit. I, I don't really know if it was that useful or because um, I remember <laughs> specifically trying to like Google family medicine and FQHC or something. And I can't really remember if I actually found any programs that way. But that's something to think about if you're interested in working with underserved populations and you want to train in that environment. That was something that I looked for. So once you kind of had done all of this research and you're going into these interviews, how many unknowns remain when you started interviewing? Were you kind of feeling dependent on the interview process then to learn about the program? Or were you just looking to kind of nail down something that you had learned about going into it and were looking to confirm when you were interviewing? That's a really good question. Um, only, <laughs> and I'm just kind of like smirking as you say it because the, the thing that's funny is, and I think this happens with kind of any interview process probably you're involved in, the first couple you're like, oh, everything is new and exciting and look what this program has and I can't believe it. <laughs> but then you realize that like every program <laughs> has that. So it's kind of funny you get a little jaded by the end where you're just like, oh, another hospital tour, you know. I should back up for a second. So usually this is pretty common practice. People will tell you to practice or at least have in your head some questions you're going to ask the residents, questions you're going to ask the attendings, you know, to show your interest in the program, but also legitimately to find out, you know, things that you are particularly concerned about. Those are obviously very different based on specialty. So for instance, if you're going into a surgical specialty, you might want to know how many procedures they do of a certain thing. So like, for example, in OB, I know for OB-GYN, 
they're looking at, my particular question had been laparoscopic versus open procedures. So that's a pretty specific question. <laughs> but if you're interested in doing work in like a rural area or abroad where you don't have a lot of resources, you want a lot of open procedures because you want to be able to know what you're doing um, if you don't have laparoscopy equipment. So that's like pretty specific, right? So family, I had other specific questions like I'm interested in being Suboxone certified so I can work with people who are addicted to opioids. I'm interested in women's health and doing a lot of like IUD placements and uh, miscarriage management and abortion services. So like those are things that are pretty specific and not offered at all family programs. So it's important that I like would ask about those going in. So once you got done with this whole process, you did your research, you went on interviews. Did you feel like you had a clear choice in the end? I did. So for me, my, my top program stood out a mile away from my others. And so I was very, very happy. And I think that's relatively common. I think a lot of people come out of the process feeling like, oh, this was the place. And however it works, I don't know who magically designed the algorithm, but it seems like a lot of the time it works out where somehow that fit is reflected and, and it works out with the match. I had a number of places where I knew I'd be happy, which is, I think, what you want coming out of the process is like, no matter what, if I have a few programs, I'll be okay. But I did have a clear one that I was most excited about. Coming out of the process, is there anything that you feel like you would have done differently throughout it? I kind of, there's a couple places I ended up wishing I would have applied to earlier. Not like earth shattering, but just that people told me about. Kind of like you mentioned when you were asking, like, where do we get our information? There were a couple places that I heard about on the trail that I hadn't known about that I was like, oh, man, if only I kind of would have known about these random programs, I would have thought about applying there. I think a lot of people have geographic restrictions, and I did not have those. So like I, a lot of people have a, a partner or a family, and they want to make sure that they're in a certain place. So uh, my process was very uh, scattered. <laughs> I, I applied all over. And I think a lot of times people have certain geographic locations that they're limiting themselves to, and that comes into play. Uh, in some ways, I think it can be limiting, right? Because you're only in one place. But in some ways, it's useful, particularly for family, because there's so many programs. Um, so, uh, yeah, sometimes I think it's useful to have a way to, like, filter filter your options down a little bit. So it sounds like um, location wasn't really a factor you were considering when you were looking at the interview process. So if it didn't come in to consideration on the front end, was it something that you factored in when you were compiling your rank list? That's a really interesting question because I, when I started out, I actually, like I mentioned, I applied all over the place. I wasn't really thinking about geography, but as I did more and more visits that were far, further and further away from my family and realized kind of all the travel that was involved and started to think that I might want to be closer to my family for some of that support during intern year, that actually did come into play. So I, I ended up ranking some programs higher that were closer to my family than I might have otherwise. So... Which, which was interesting to me. Like, I think I learned that about myself, that I was more <laughs> interested or concerned about that than I originally had thought. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thought process and kind of factors behind uh, your decision. And now that you've gone through all that and you're going into match day, how are you feeling? It's really funny. I actually, first of all, I think it's interesting being a fellow this year because I think I'm a little bit removed from the process. Like, it's kind of helpful 
I think for my own like nerves to not be around a bunch of other students going through the same process because I, I don't have to think about it as much. So I thought to myself that I was being very calm about it all. I've submitted my rank list and everything, but I was talking recently with my cousin who's also a resident and telling her, you know, I've just, I've been kind of anxious lately, generally, and my, I can't tell if it's work, like, you know, things are getting busy. And she's like, Allison, the match is coming. <laughs> like, that's why you're anxious. And I was like, oh, you're probably right. <laughs> like, so I think that I, I think I am anxious. Just, it's a big, yeah, it's a big decision and you, you don't have a lot of control at this point. So it's kind of, kind of scary thing, but um, it's exciting too. I think that as much like as anxious as I am just not knowing, I'm happy with many of the programs. I mean, all of the programs I listed, I only listed ones that I was interested in being at and um, would be happy to be at any of them. So um, that's exciting too, just knowing you're kind of on the next, onto the next step. It's a big deal. That was really interesting. Thanks, Allison. Yeah, of course, definitely. AMSA Adla was brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself, with help from Sandy Friday. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Deborah Hall is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. A special thanks to AMSA partner Walters Kluwer for supporting AMSA AdLib. To find out how you can save big on products through Walters Kluwer and their discounts on Lippincott resources, visit amsa.org WK.